Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Greetings to my special in awe community. If you are listening to this episode fresh on drop date, thank you for joining me on this Memorial Day, a different kind of experience here in the Johnson household. Normally this weekend would have been bursting at the seams with face-to-face connections, either at graduation parties, parade gatherings, or in a lower key space, but large with my family on a special lake in Northern Minnesota. Instead, we remain at home knowing it's best to do so and missing those connections, but knowing that next year we will take absolutely none of it for granted. I feel like it's the perfect day to share this final episode on connectors and what has been an incredible series with you just in case you need to be reminded, as I did, the power of intention and the gifts that can come out of our connections right now. Today's guest has become one of the people whose connections have been perfectly on time for me for a few years, and she's such a true blessing. When my friend Jake died in March, she and our friend Lisa sent me two beautifully thoughtful gifts, checked in on me, and continue to be a space of healing. She was a part of my Lead with Faith launch team and also wrote an exceptional piece in the Faith in Action segment under intentionality. Recently, I had an appointment and she put it on her calendar to remind herself to check in on me and the sunshine that she brought me in that moment was so needed. I share this all with you because we have never met face-to-face, not once, yet I count her as one of the people whose connections keep me grounded and hopeful. I think it just, I just needed a reminder today to myself during this time of physical distancing when I wanted desperately to surround myself with people. Her message envelops me in a warm and loving embrace. I think it will do the same for you too today, my friends, and I cannot wait to share her with you. Susie Henderson is finishing her second year serving as principal at Alto Park Elementary School in Rome, Georgia. She spent her first 14 years serving as a speech-language pathologist and the next seven years as an assistant principal. She is passionate about meeting the needs of the whole person, both the staff she is blessed to serve with and the students and families who make up Alto Park Elementary. One of her goals for Alto Park is to ensure all are learning about how trauma impacts students as it relates to them growing and becoming the amazing people they have the potential to be. To be. She truly believes that all kids deserve our very best, and it is how we relate to them and equip them that will determine their future success. She lives by the mantra that she wants to be for her teachers, students, and families who she needed when she was younger. In this episode, Susie gives us great insight into her journey to becoming an intentional connector in her personal and professional life. She shares with us several practical and purposeful ways to connect with others and illustrates for us the power that she has seen in the practice, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. I love the way Susie shares the challenges she has faced to become a connector, and her message inspires me to remember how important our impact is on one another always, and especially now. I am deeply honored to share with you my friend, Susie Henderson's connector story. Welcome, Miss Susie Henderson, to the In Awe podcast, my sister, my friend. I am so excited to share you with the community. Welcome. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I've been listening for a long time, so it's really awesome to be here with you today. 
Susie, you're like one of the first people that I remember listening. And I also, I'll never, ever, ever forget the first time I received a message from you. I was sitting in the stands with my daughters and we were watching a football game um, that my husband was coaching. And I received this beautiful direct message via Twitter because this woman named Susie was talking about how she was a runner and how she'd read a section from Adam Welcome's Run Like a Pirate uh, that I had contributed. And here we are a couple of years later already. And just just really deeply connected. And I think that has so much to do with you. And so I'm just excited to share you. Um, would you do me a favor, Susie, and just tell the listeners a little bit about your current context, just in case they don't know who you are yet? Well, I am, I live in Rome, Georgia. I am an elementary school principal. This is my second year as a principal. And uh, before that, I was a, an assistant principal for seven years and then a speech language pathologist for 14 years before that, all in the same school system. Hmm. So it's been it's been really neat to stay in one place. I have I'm married and I have three children. I have twin boys who are 20 and a daughter who is 16 going on. 25. I love it. Oh, and so that is a very rich life and what a nice little legacy that you've been able to weave. And so I'm sure that really kind of fuels your passion for being connected with people. You know, you've been living and loving and serving in the same community for the long time. Yes. And it, you know, the whole, um, I never thought of myself as like a person who really, I've learned to connect to people. That's not something that's come naturally to me. Because I'm very much an introvert mm -hmm. and I gain energy by being away from people. So to put myself out there and connect has taken a lot of intentionality on my part and purposefully getting outside of my comfort zone to do that. I love that you went there, you know, so you're rounding out this series on connectors and for anybody that's joining you on your journey right now, you would not ever think that you had a challenge with that, but I know you and we've been able to share some things along the line. And so would you just be willing to go a little bit further in there? You said you're an introvert, so you gain energy from being alone, but you do have deep and meaningful connections with people. So what is it that you, that started you being more intentional about that? It's, it's really being in the position that I'm, I'm in. It started, about uh, about halfway through my journey as an assistant principal, uh, I had to learn, you know, like being that introvert, I was very good at doing the office stuff. <laughs> and I would get into my zone and doing the paperwork. And I just started paying attention. Teachers would come in and, you know, they'd want to talk to me. And, and I would have and I would kind of try to multitask and do my thing and talk to them. And I just I started reading their body language. Mm. And then so it slowly got to where, OK, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to fully pay attention to this person in front of me. And so that, you know, it's kind of started there with them. And I, I just learned to um, save what I needed to do for later because I knew they needed my full attention and the reward that you get when you do that pays off. And then you want to keep doing it because you see the connections and the relationships that you start building with teachers and then with students too. You start building those relationships because you're taking that time to be intentional. <laughs> Even before that, my grandmother, who is, she's my mimi, and, and she's been 
gone for about 10 years now, but she used to, um, she lived in Savannah. And so I would call her every Friday and just cause I felt the need to stay connected to her. And I didn't even really think anything of it, but there was one Friday that I didn't call her and my mom was actually down there with her. And she said, every time the phone rang, she would say, Oh, I bet that's my Susie. Mm. And, you know, just knowing when my mom told me that the power of that, what that meant to her, you know, just me calling every Friday. And then, you know, so that led to uh, my dad who lives in Virginia and I've seen him once in the past 10 years. But for 10 years, based on the lessons I learned from my grandmother, I my sister and I call him every Wednesday and, you know, just kind of keeping that connection with him has been powerful. And, and there's a lot of history there with my dad. And, you know, he's just he wasn't involved in a lot of our, our a lot of us are growing up. But I knew God wanted me to stay in touch with him. So we called every Wednesday and and I, Sarah, I truly believe that my dad is still alive now because of that. Hmm. Um, because we have been purposeful in keeping that connection with him because he lives by himself. Uh, so being able to keep that connection with him has kept him to that point. So it's those little lessons that you pick up on when, you know, even as an introvert, when I purposefully intentionally connect with someone, then I'll start, then I'm able to start doing it in other areas as well. And it's really grown, uh, recently to, being able to connect with my staff more, mm. especially now. Yeah. You know, especially in the context that we're in now. Um, that's That's been my main goal. And it's because of those early lessons in connecting that I'm able to do this now. Well, first, I want to thank you, Susie, for sharing those beautiful and deeply personal examples of how the power of that for this length of time has led you to now to be somebody who can do that intentionally. And for listeners that are catching this episode fresh, you understand that we're talking about the remote learning and leading a school from the space of your own home because of the pandemic and COVID-19. And if you happen to catch this episode years from now, you know, you've lived <laughs> through it and we have a different context. But now, for now, you can see how that um, those examples led you up to be able to lead strong. And so I would love it if you'd be able to share your experience in leading a school during this time where everybody's in their different spaces, and yet you know you need to remain connected. I know you shared that a primary focus is for you to be connected to the staff. So can you just share, you know, about your experience with that? So, you know, when we found out on that Wednesday that we weren't coming back to school and even then it was like, well, we're going to come back to school on Monday and then we're not coming back to school. And then all of a sudden we weren't coming back to school. And I knew that my goal, that my charge was to keep us connected in the different areas that we were. So we, uh, we established a staff check-in that we have. It's just a standing appointment at seven o'clock every month. It's Monday through Friday where you just pop in. And you just you can talk and and uh, just spend time together. We've been able to play some trivia games that way. We've done uh, a scavenger hunt. Um, and the other important thing about connecting is 
we have principals meetings every Tuesday through Google Meet. And then I immediately, you know, that same day, we'll have a meeting with my leadership team to keep that communication going. So they know, you know, this is what where we are. This is what's going on. Um, I have I, I'm a very intentional person and I want to make sure that I'm you know, keeping up with everything. So I'll set, if I know something's going on in a staff member's life with a child, with a parent, or, you know, just something that they're struggling with, I kind of keep reminders so that I remember to go in and check on them, Mm -hmm. to purposefully send them that text message that says, you know, hey, I was thinking about you today. How is this going? And, you know, to the point of even weekly making sure as I go down my entire staff check, my my list of my staff that I have touched base with every single person at least once that week. Mm-hmm. That has brought us closer as a staff than we were when we were in school. So that, you know, I, I try to look for the silver linings with all that's going on. And I know that when we come back, that we will be stronger because we've stayed connected during this time. That's so beautiful, Susie. I'm so grateful that you got a chance to share that because, well, for a few reasons, one of them is we've got to be able to see the positives in any situation that we're in. And it's not just um, that you're looking for a silver lining and saying, it's going to be okay, guys, rah, rah, rah. You know, you are actually finding a way to see the fruit and, and use it. And I love that. I love that you're being intentional. So listeners, I know (laughs) just like, just like I felt, I'm going, I'm going to take a page from that because I think you can know about something. You can know about a struggle that somebody's going through. You can, you can think good thoughts and you can, you know, wring your hands outside of it, but, but you are actually being very intentional about making those connections. And I love to hear that. It's so grounding. It's also a model for how your staff then could do the same for students. And I just really appreciate that. I have been a benefactor or a beneficiary, I should say, of that intentionality from you just even in the last two months of my life. And so I just thank you, Susie, for using your your given gifts for that because it does matter a great deal. I'm sure that your staff has really been appreciative. They have. And we've also been, um, it's been important to me to stay in touch with the families. Mm. So that's one thing that they've done is at least once a week, they touch base with every child. And then if there are kids that they're not able to get in touch with, they let me know. And then I start reaching out as well to make sure, you know, we're staying in touch with them. Uh, We are blessed to be able to um, distribute food at Alto Park twice a week. And that's something that I take part in because I get to see the families as they go by. Mm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, on Fridays, I send this family Friday check-in. It's a Google form that I push out to all of the families, and it just gives them a chance to say we're doing good or, you know, we're going stir-crazy, but we're okay. <laughs> um, you know, schoolwork's going good or we might need something. And it was several weeks ago that I was reading through their responses, and one of the parents had written that her that she was struggling, and it was because her um, her boys had just lost three grandparents within a two week time period, mm. and then just the emotions and all that they were having um, as they went through that, and you know, just having that information, I was able to call her and just check in on them, 
and, you know, just let her know that, you know, we're here for you if there's anything that you need. And so the last couple of times that she's come through to get food, there's just been this camaraderie between us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just get so excited to see her and that that relationship is going to bear fruit when we do come back to school. I'm just, I love that you have taken that approach and because I'm from the vantage point that I said, I am the spouse of a teacher. I am the parent of children. I am a person who, you know, could also be checked on in, and I just really find such value in that. Just knowing that you are leading that way right now. I'm wondering about your connections, <laughs> because I know for a fact you have them and that you foster them and that you'll have something to say about that as well, because it's not, you know, you're doing a lot to support. And so I'm curious, what have you done to have a support system for yourself during this time? Uh, well, certainly uh, I have to say Twitter has just been absolutely amazing. And it's, I just, the connections that I've been able to make there, um, you know, the connection with you and uh, one of the biggest connections I've had recently is my four o'clock, it's the four o'clock faculty mm. PLN and it's based on the book four o'clock faculty by rich size. And I'm probably saying his last name wrong. <laughs> um, but I did a book study with them, uh, with some of them last spring on the boy who was raised by a dog by Bruce Perry. <laughs> and I'd never done a Voxer book study before. And it was just really neat. I'd really not even been on Voxer before. And so once that was over, Elizabeth Mars, who is a kindergarten teacher in Virginia, sent me a private Vox and said, Hey, I, I, you know, what do you think about joining four o'clock faculty? It's, it's kind of crazy. And it's, you know, there's lots of uh, boxes and you can get behind, but, um, but it's really good. And, and so I joined it. And so I've been with them for about a little over a year now. And just that community of educators keeps me so fed. Mm. We support each other through this whole thing. And, and it's the different perspectives of the people. So there's teachers and there's instructional technologists and there's coaches and there's several administrators. And the some of the administrators even kind of, we've kind of formed our own Voxer group because I like to hear all the perspectives, but then at the same time, it's nice just to, you know, when you need to share something for just administrators that we can share that there. But that has been the one of my biggest connections. And I've learned so much just from being in that space with them that has empowered me to, you know, be stronger and do my job better having that. So that connection has been great. I have an amazing mentor that I used to see once a month, he would come to the school. His name's Mark Wilson. He's a former principal in Morgan County, Georgia. And so we, we just really connected in such a way that uh, and known each other for years, but have built this relationship where I can tell him pretty much anything about work. And he knows me well enough that he can just really give me critical feedback. Mm. Um, and that's important, too, because you don't want to be in a space where, you know, somebody's just going to tell you whatever you want to hear. Um, I remember there was one time I was really excited about something that I had done, some plan I had come up with. And we were actually meeting in a coffee shop. And I said, Mark, look, look at what I've done. I've came up with this whole math plan of how we're going to do professional learning. And as soon as I got done talking, he just looked at me 
And I could tell by that look that I had done something wrong. <laughs> and he said, so um, who did you do this plan with? <laughs> and I just kind of dropped my head because his big thing is don't do everything yourself. You do it with your leadership team. You know, you create things with them. And so, but he can do that. He can tell me when I've messed up mm-hmm. um, because we've developed that connection and that relationship. That's so beautiful. And um, and I love so much that you're able to have such varied connections that are feeding you and some that I'd never heard about <laughs> before. I've heard about the four o'clock faculty. I didn't realize they had a Voxer group. So that's awesome. It's very busy. It's, it's And uh, Elizabeth does uh, morning updates. Every morning about six o'clock, she'll kind of do a recap of everything that was talked about the day before. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I know, so it's interesting because you are the final um, episode in this series. And I think that most of them have talked about Voxer. I know at least two of the episodes did. And so by now, friends, if you aren't on Voxer, better get there. And if you want some help, I'll definitely offer to get you comfortable with that. Um, I wouldn't want to speak for Susie, but <laughs> potentially that would be an opportunity as well. Just it's a space where you can have deeper conversations and process through some of the harder things. You know, I would think right now too, you're getting great ideas and, um, you know, being able to implement them in the way that works best for your learning community. Did you come up with your own communication um, for connecting with families or did, did any of this come from your PLN, your professional learning network? Well, actually, the um, Family Friday check-in came from Allison Aspie. Aspie, yeah. Yay. Apsy, yes. She had written a blog that I found um, through Twitter, and it was about where she had done a staff check-in. And then as we've gotten to this COVID time period and wanting to keep in touch with families, she created one to send out to her families. Mm. So I got that from her. I love it. Love Allison. Um, And I can link that in the show notes for friends who are interested in seeing that too. That was a great, um, I've seen that, you know, adapted now over time and actually shared it with one of the principals that I've been working with too. And I just think that's like the power of connection. You know, we always, you hear this thing, well, you're better together. And you already share an example of how your mentor is, you know, reminding you that collaboration is best. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the message that you're giving us is we don't have to do this alone. You know, anytime right now, especially you really do not have to do this alone, whether you're leading, Mm -hmm. you are trying to parent, you are learning how to work from home. You're learning how to, you know, function without the regular connections or just doing things differently that you don't have to do it alone. Right. You know, that's the power and connection. Mm -hmm. I am, I am a better me because of we, Mm -hmm. I think I saw somebody quoted that on Twitter the other day. And, you know, I just, I I love Jody Carrington. I've just, um, I've read her book several times. I've listened to it. And if you've not listened to it, I highly recommend that you listen to it because she adds so much to it when you listen to it. She has this quote that I've just clung to a lot this year. And in fact, you know, connect is my word for 2020, which I mean, who knew, who knew on December 31st, when I was writing my blog to, you know, share what my word was going to be for this year, that this was going to be such a powerful word and that it was going to just 
propel me forward. Um, but she says we are wired to do hard things and we can do hard things much easier. When we remember this, we are wired for connection. Mm. And it's like you just said, Sarah, we can't, you know, we don't have to parent alone. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to lead alone. We don't have to teach alone. It's really a choice. We we make a choice to do it alone. There is, in, in our day and age, there is so much technology out there. There's just a world of people out there that you can stay connected with. So if you're not connected, it's really a choice that you're making to not be connected. Or you've not really found the people to connect with yet who will get you, um, you know, that that who will empower you to do what you need to do as a parent, as a leader, as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a, you know, all the titles that we have, but connection is the power to do that. Absolutely. And I love that you quoted Jody. um, Listeners, if you haven't heard her episode here on the In Awe podcast, I'll make sure to link it because it is very inspiring. And that book is um, really beautiful. And Susie, I just really, really, really love the message that we keep getting from you about that it really is up to, I mean, it's your choice that the connections are at the tips of your fingers, right? And they always have Mm -hmm. been, but they've never been more important than right now when we are in our homes and not having that daily interaction. And I think too about this idea of introvert and extrovert, because you and I are polar opposites in that way. Complete extrovert, and oh man, I've had to train myself in the last two years not to like to still have energy despite the fact that I'm not around people. So, what we're we're all experiencing right now is definitely exercising my non-dominant hand. But I've been doing it for so long that I'm starting to be able to like form you know the words if I'm trying to write with my hand, right? And so I think about that, and I think I don't want that myth to like perpetuate. And I love that you are such an illustration of this, that you can be an introvert and you can make space for yourself. You can have those boundaries and you can gain your energy, but it does not mean that you don't surround yourself with good people. You just, you are very selective about those tight connections that you have. I find that it takes, and it takes a lot of energy. It doesn't take as much energy as it used to when I was really first learning to put myself out there and make those connections, but it still takes energy so that by the time I get home, I just, I need, I need to be disconnected for a little Mm -hmm. bit. But I also know that's one thing that I've learned about myself, even during, you know, the day, if I'm finding that I'm not wanting to connect or that it's harder, then that's just, I need to self-assess what's going on with me. Why am I not wanting to do this? Mm. Because it has become a part of who I am. So if I'm getting to a point in my normal day routine that I'm wanting to shrink back, then I know something's going on with my emotions that I need to take care of. Such a a self-aware piece for you. And I love that wisdom that you're giving us because it really does come down to how we're managing ourselves in regard to how we can manage our relationships with others. It's just a highly emotionally intelligent thing. 
And I want to go back to the fact that I love that you said your one word was connect. And I, I loved that coming out, you know, midway point through the year, we had no idea what 2020 would bring (laughs) the time. (laughs) I just always loved your word. And I loved being able to see all of the cool connections to it and seeing, you know, just even you referencing Jodi Carrington and her quote about connection, um, anything Brene Brown puts out about connection, but also the fact that you Mm -hmm. see the beauty in that connection for what you were given months ago to prep you for this time period in a space that is having a lot of benefit, not only for you, but I would say for the people that you're connecting with. I mean, I'm just thinking about the example you gave with that mom who is reaching out to a principal and our relationships with our principals are, are different. They're varied. We know that, you know, families have Mm -hmm. such different experiences with um, administration and school, and they come with varied um, perspectives of what that role brings. And so for you to be that person that is so caring and connecting for that mom, that's going to have a ripple effect for that family and for your, you know, your families that need that from you. And to have you lead that is really beautiful. Yes, and it's it's been neat just to, um, when she comes by now, that she'll kind of seek me out. Mm-hmm. And just the smile on her face is, is, is so rewarding. Do you know, I think we can sometimes forget that human need to be seen. You know, mm-hmm. and that, and I don't think that ever, it doesn't change with age. You know, you think about little kids and they just, they want to be heard and they want to be seen and with teenagers. And, and I just think that in our families and in our relationships, clerks at the grocery store, I mean, I think maybe that's just the opportunity for you and your message to just land for people to remember that being seen and creating connection really at the end is what we're about, right? Like we're all inextricably tied. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that is one of the messages that that Dr. Jody gave is just simply stating somebody's name. <laughs> you know? I did, and I did that. I do that now when I go into like Starbucks or well, when you used to go into places. But <laughs> right, talk to us about but that. Let's it, hear some of the experiences that you had when you became intentional about that. I remember the first time I was in um, an establishment, and I saw that it was it was a Starbucks, and I saw the guy's name. It was Joel. And I just, I still remember that. And in my head, I had this battle going on because it was when I was first learning to be connected that way by actually speaking someone's name, because there's almost something intimate Mm. about speaking someone's name, you know, when you don't know them. And I just remember, you know, he was getting ready to hand me my, my drink. And in my head, it's like, okay, say his name. No, I can't say his name. That just be too weird. We don't know each other. No, but you need to say his name. That's just, I mean, that will make his day. Just make sure his name's right there on this name tag. And Sarah, I left without saying his name. (laughs) And the regret that I felt was enough that the next time I was in a grocery store and the cashier was handing me my money, I said her name and they just kind of look up Mm -hmm. because you're not used to people doing that. And they make eye contact with you Mm -hmm. and you get a smile because they see, well, she knows my name. She took, she made it a point to know my Mm -hmm. name and speak my name. So it's just seeing that connection has been powerful. And so it's something regret is a powerful teacher for mm-hmm. me. You know, it, it'll happen once, but sometimes twice. Um, but then I just the thought of the regret keeps me from not doing or doing what I need to do, if that makes well, sense. Well, it actually makes dollars to me because I'm just picturing you battling the 
internal messaging in your mind thinking, you know, you're, you've already expressed you're an introvert. So it's not like you're just putting yourself out there any and all the time, right? Like you're protecting some of those things. Mm -hmm. And so to do that and for you to share with us that, that internal struggle of that intimacy piece, and then weighing that with whatever still small voice was in your mind, <laughs> trying to push you across that bridge. Cause that's your one, right? Like that's, that was given yeah. to you to change it. And so, and I think that's the thing, like, we don't want to make anything too big. Like you can change somebody's life by saying their name, but you know what you can. And I think, you can. I think in, in the day-to-day grind um, in schools, you can, I mean, here, let me give you an example. I was a principal of a, of a high school of 350 kids. Now, for a lot of listeners, they're going to be like, well, that's tiny. And for some, you're going to be like, that's massive, right? I just remember um, students like challenging me. Well, I bet you don't remember my name. <laughs> Because, you know, Mm -hmm. you'd be going around and doing the thing and trying to make connections and be authentic and not just be that person who is present but doesn't know their people. And I'll never forget the times when I didn't. And and so when you say that guilt is a big motivator, you know, the freshmen were always hard for me, you know, to to try, but I I just did my best all the time or new students or whatever in that in it there's something so sacred in somebody's name that is something so simple. And it may not be the thing that they remember from you that day, but it certainly is a signal that they matter. But when you say their name and they, and they walk past you, but you've said their name and they turn and say, she knows my name. (laughs) That is powerful. It is. And, you know, so listeners just, uh, I'm just beaming because I'm picturing this this experience for you, Susie, and I'm imagining all the other examples that I've had in my own life. And I know that people listening can conjure that up. But maybe if you get nothing else, maybe you spend some time doing that, you know, especially our essential workers right now. I just feel like the general tone, I don't know what it's like for you in your community, but the general tone is just get in, get out. Um, you know, we're wearing our masks. We're not, you know, you're like, smiling, I make sure that when I'm checking out that I'm asking, you know, the cashier, how are you today? Have people mm-hmm. been treating you well today? <laughs> you know, have you gotten a smile? Do you get a break tonight? You know, because they're just working so hard. And I don't know how much connection we're having in this space of anxiety that we're all kind of living in right now. The the reality that we're placed in is screaming at us to disconnect. Mm. But we but we know, I know everything that I've learned, everything that I've been reading and, you know, just studying about connection is screaming. We have to stay connected now more than ever. And it, it's going to look different. And I really had an issue with when all of this first came out that it was coined social distancing mm. because we're not social distancing. I mean, I feel closer to my staff than I have in a long time, it's because we've been intentional to stay connected. But in no way are we social distancing. Are we physically distancing to be safe? Yes, but we're not social distancing. If anything, we're more social than we were when we were in school right mm. now. And, and you know, you say that, you know, Sarah, you know, you see that cashier or you, you know, you see people and everybody's wearing masks and everybody's in a, in a hurry and we're trying to stay six feet apart, which is really hard to do in a grocery store. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like, I think that's why we played Pac-Man in the eighties <laughs> to prepare us for being able to go in and just get what we need while staying away from everybody. Um, but that's the message that we're hearing from society because that's, the health-based part of it, but for the emotional-based part of it, we as human beings were born, we were created to be connected. And it's when we start disconnecting that we become 
less like human beings and more like robots. That's so good. And I've, I've seen that differentiation, you know, that distinction of social versus physical distancing it is two words and it does really matter. And, and they're both, you know, obviously very, the physical distancing is important, but the social distancing does not have to happen. I know for my family, I'm thankful my brother, can t- he took the lead on this and he instituted Thursday and Sunday night Zooms. And we set it at seven o'clock. It's a standing appointment. And I will tell you that I've needed that. And, and I would say same thing, like your staff has gotten closer. My family, we all live, um, you know, apart from one another, close to like two hours or whatever we are from, from them. But seeing them twice a week is way more than we ever did before all of this. And I hope mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I'm going to say we, we have to stay. Maybe it's not two nights a week, but maybe it's every Sunday. I don't know. But it's the thing that's helped us to stay, remain um, connected. And we need to do that for our hearts mm-hmm. right now. We do. And it's, this is all, we don't know what it's going to be like when this is all over. Nobody knows how changed everything's going to be. But for me, I want to be a different person after than I was before. Mm-hmm. So it's being intentional now about who I am. I've coined this phrase. It's um, BC, DC, and AC. So it's before COVID, during COVID, and after COVID. And I don't want to be in the after COVID period looking back and saying, man, I, I wasted, you know, what was a perfect time to grow to make that difference. I want to be in the AC period happy with what I did during the DC mm-hmm. period. And I just know that when when our staff, when my staff comes back into this building, they're kind of taking off and making their own connections. Uh, there's like 10 or 12 of them, of the ladies who have gotten together and they do a Bible study every single mm-hmm. day from nine until 10. And that came apart, that, that came about because of this. I mean, they did not meet that much during the school right. year. I mean, I think they did got together once, but now they meet Monday through Friday from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock. And that's going to pay. I mean, the ripple effect from the connections that we're in purposeful to make now, we will never know how far that goes. That's so beautiful. I am so grateful that you got to share that example. And I would just say, listeners, I sure hope that if this is hitting you, that you are able to take what Susie's telling us, that wisdom, and just really put it into place and take something. We've given so many different ideas today, and I just love it. You are, you are a master connector, and we could talk forever. <laughs> but we could. <laughs> so so I'm going to move us forward and I'm going to ask you these two questions that I ask on the podcast every single time. And I just know you're going to have some gold. So the first one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Since I've been listening to your podcast for a while, this has been one of my favorite <laughs> questions. And so much so that I actually had a friend draw a picture of she sketched a picture of grown up me with my arm around five year old mm. me, because that's just that's just a reminder for me. So if I could write a letter to that five year old girl, it would say, you know, Susie, you're going to go through a lot growing up and you're going to have a lot. You're going to have heartache. You're going to have struggles. But every bit of that's going to be used when you get older and you get to work with children. 
so beautiful. <laughs> I love that picture, by the way. Would you mind if I share it with the in-awe community? Please? No. We'll make sure to have no, that included that. in the show notes, friends, because that is such a beautiful image. And I remember you first shared it with me. I thought that you had, I was like, wow, she's an artist too. That's amazing. <laughs> It's so good. All right. So how about this one? If we have listeners who find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what do you think you could say to help them rise up out of it? Well, I think with the, with this time period that we're in now, what I would say is fight that urge that tells you to disconnect, Mm -hmm. listen to yourself and know if you're, if you're feeling that urge, connect to someone immediately, you know, have at least, you know, Brene Brown calls it your square Mm -hmm. squad. And it's not lots of people, but it's some people. As soon as you feel that, you know, you kind of just keep an eye on your emotions. You know, you're getting overwhelmed. Fight the urge to just shrink back from everybody and at least reach out to one person and let that person know what you're feeling, how you're feeling. And it has to be somebody that you feel comfortable with. But if, if I did not have those, if I did not have my square squad people, because there's lots of times that urge comes up. Okay. Just go to your room, go, go sit somewhere, go be by yourself, go stare into space. And, and those times still happen for me some, but I've also, you know, I'll call a friend and, you know, get that friend to help work me through some of those things. So if, if you find yourself in that in that space, which it's very easy to do now, fight it and connect with somebody. That's beautiful. Um, very wise words and a great reminder to us. And if I if you don't mind if I take that and I say, hey, don't forget when people reach out, they're reaching out because they need you right now. So that's another piece of it too, is yeah. to be present enough that we have to kind of hold one another's hands up out of this pit right now. So thank you so much for that, Susie. Well, my friend, my sister, my dear mentor, my connector, I'm so, so grateful that we got to have this conversation today. And I know that the listeners are going to want to connect with you. So what would you recommend they do to be able to do that in the easiest way? Uh, well, I am on Twitter a lot. So they can find me on Twitter at Susie underscore Henderson. Uh, Voxer is another great place to find me. Um, it's S H E N D fifteen forty seven, and I know Sarah, you'll connect <laughs> all of that. Uh, I, I dabble in Instagram, and I don't really do too much on Facebook, but Twitter and Voxer are two of the best places awesome. to reach. And I love to connect. Yes, you do, and you do it so so well, my friend. You will, if, listeners, if you choose to connect with Susie, you will walk away every single time with a gift. So I appreciate you, and yes, I'll make sure to link. And Susie, thank you so much for jumping on and having this inspiring interview so that my listeners could learn and grow and connect with you. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.